0: Good evening. It is November 15th on a Sunday evening. It's a wonderful day. I want to sing to you guys, but eh, I didn't uh, warm up the vocal cords this evening, so that's okay. So welcome to another show of the Four Guys Roundtable. <laughs> a show with AJ Nitro, Darth Pat, and Coach Jeremy. how are you jabroni-ass mofos doing this evening?
1: Um, I am...
2: Not doing well. (laughs) You sounded like Forrest Gump at the end there, Joe. (laughs) I just
0: throw random impersonations in every so bit.
1: Okay, so I'll continue on the Forrest Gump. Uh, My my mama told me don't bet on the Eagles because the
3: Eagles, they (laughs) suck. And, and that's the exact
1: that look one. I was expecting from Darth Pat. Just <laughs> shake his head in dissatisfaction. Uh, dis- uh, Disarray. Uh, Disarray that, too. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the Eagles. <laughs> I just... Uh, uh, watching yeah. the Eagles and Carson Wentz, it's just... It's painful. Like, it is painful every Watch them lose or barely win against teams that are not as good. And I'm not going to say that necessarily about the Giants cuz the Giants are playing much better as a whole as a team. So they should have it should have been a closer game. Do I think the Eagles should have won that game? Of course, but it, it just was it's, it was really just a nightmare to fucking watch again. It's just uh, it's getting worse every week.
2: It's pretty painful to watch the Broncos too. They're pretty bad too, Jeremy. So,
3: I mean, Eagles still have. <laughs> you can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's that. They still have the inside track to win that division. <laughs> they're still leading the division by a half uh, game. Wow. Well, so, like, yeah, they're 3 5 and 1. The Giants are 3 and 7. So, it's like the Eagles have one more game to play. And that tie could actually end up coming back to uh, you know, to help them. But I was looking at the schedules of those two teams the rest of the way. And I think uh, they, they play, they play three or four teams in common. Like I think they both still have to play like the Seahawks Cardinals and Browns. Um, but the Eagles get to play both the Cowboys and Washington one more time where the Giants only have one game with the Cowboys left. Uh, the Giants look at to play Cincinnati and I can't remember the else. Um, Baltimore, I think, or they will lose to. Um, but the Eagles could very well go, like, 7-8-1, and one, win the division. You know, it's, it's also possible the winner of this division is only going to have six ones. It's going to be – it's going to be, like – it's going to be, like, the worst thing ever. The, uh, it's definitely <laughs> it.
2: The, the end of the Cardinals-Bills game was awesome.
3: Yeah, uh, we, I was just like, – How do you –
2: how do you catch – how do you let that Hopkins catch that with there's three guys around him? Like, yeah. I missed uh, it. awesome. Got me <laughs> some major fantasy points, baby. Hail Mary, Jeremy, last play. DeAndre Hopkins. No, no Arizona won. Oh,
3: my God. you even like a traditional Hail Mary in that sense, too. He was running
2: around, and he was about to go out of bounds when he chucked it, even. <laughs>
3: Like totally flushed out of the pocket, if you will, and yeah, he was practically he did practically run to the sideline before he uh, before he threw it up. So it wasn't one of like your like traditional hail marys where he's just in the pocket, you know, and just waiting to heave it, you know. So it was uh, it was kind of atypical, I guess you could say.
2: Yes. So saw... jo- go ahead, Jeremy. Sorry,
1: I saw things in the Eagles Giants game today where I was just baffled. I saw the Giants take two, uh, delay a game penalties because they were trying to draw the Eagles offsides. I saw the Eagles take one, uh, delay the game penalty, trying to draw the giants offsides. Um, I saw the Eagles go for it twice on for a two point conversion and missed one made one. Um, I saw the giants quarterback essentially score two running touchdowns. One was called back due to holding penalty. Um, so the Eagles evidently didn't from the first game of what that quarterback draw looks like. So it was just, uh, it was, yeah, I just, and watching Carson Wentz play, like I said, is just, it's terrible. He, he is the fact that they thought he was going to be an elite quarterback and he still, ha- he, he could still happen. But what I keep on seeing on a week to week basis, he's not an elite quarterback. He's your average quarterback. At this time, he's not an elite quarterback Like some of these other guys Like, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady You know, Ben Roethlisberger just, You know Just
0: put it this way, the AFC is winning the Super Bowl this year you just put your money on that that's
1: all. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of an NFC team that's going to take the,
2: Is going to oh. win the Super Bowl no. Probably, it's probably going to be the Chiefs too Like, I'll, I'll take Mahomes in the postseason right now Just about
3: yeah. <laughs> who, who are the best teams in the NFC by record right now? The Packers and the Saints And it's like yeah. yeah,
0: Packers have one loss. The Saints have two, and somebody else is seven and two, I believe, yeah. in the same division as the Saints. So they're like, so I
3: think, I think two. the Packers have two losses. And the Packers, the Packers, Packers are seven and two. The Saints yeah. are seven. And the Buck, the Bucks are seven and three, and the and
2: Seahawks the... are seven and three.
3: Cardinals, yeah. Rams, the Seahawks or... are all
0: three. Six and two. Yeah, there's a three-way tie for that shit on that
1: division. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I don't see an NFC team being strong enough to beat an AFC team this year, even if it's not the Chiefs, who it's a very good possibility could be the Chiefs again this year. Even if I it's, see, you know, I think what
0: happens is if it gets, if, if it's a hot streak, like the NFC team gets a hot streak, like the last two games of the season arise in the playoffs like that. Other than that, I, fuck it. They're <laughs> AFC's winning the Super Bowl. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, so I, okay. I would probably. Say that the Chiefs, Steelers, and Ravens are probably still the three best teams in the league right now, but put <laughs> the
0: Bills fourth on that list.
3: They still have... I don't know. I, I'm looking at the standings right now, and I didn't realize this. Yeah, the Bills are seven to three. They've only outscored their opponents by a total of seven points for the season, so I that's know. not a. It's not a great sign.
1: Yeah, their defense yeah. is keeping them in games. They're all yeah. Their their
2: is... Yeah, they are that team. They are a team with a better defense than a better
3: than offense, kind of. So, Bills, which is kind of odd, but yeah, yeah. They've out 265 points that's more than every team in the AFC I know David. but
2: their defense is the better part on that team though I'm telling you that the, I my friend Mickey is a Bill's fan we just had this conversation today. so and,
3: but I'm just saying then the fact that they've given up that many points isn't really helping that. how assertion. many yards
2: are, how
1: many total yards are they giving up though I mean, That's a
3: standing stage.
1: See because you they could be getting teams could be getting short fields.
3: Yeah, I see what you I see what you're getting you're getting at. Yeah, it could be set up by that. It could be you know uh, other like you know defensive or special teams touchdowns by the other teams, but yeah, it's like yeah. just on the surface that doesn't look great. That's yeah. all I the mean, point. they
2: did they did just play back-to-back Ooh. weeks. They did just play Seattle and Arizona, which are high-octane offenses too. Yeah. So, yeah. and they did and
1: Seattle and Arizona both put up pretty good points on them too, so didn't help. Because when I saw the uh, Cardinals-Bills game, I think it was 27-24, I believe it was at that point in time. Bills trailing by three. So, it was, you know, you're already talking. Uh, <laughs> almost 30 points there. And then they scored
2: yeah. a touchdown still. So 32-30 to 30 was the final. So...
3: And the other funny thing is, as I'm looking up at the scoreboard here, and I, when I just said that I still think that the Chiefs, Steelers, and Ravens are the three best teams, <laughs> I see that the Ravens are losing 20-3 to 3 to New England right now, and, it's, and it looks like New England's about to go in for another score, so.
1: <laughs> and who is that? Pittsburgh. They're playing who? Pittsburgh.
3: England. Who's
2: Baltimore's playing New England?
3: The oh, Ravens Baltimore. are
2: playing New Yeah.
1: Sorry, I didn't hear who he said. I just heard New England. I didn't hear so that. The
2: other. Pittsburgh and the Chiefs, at least.
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh's legit, and well, you know the Chiefs. Chiefs are legit. I really don't want to see Andy Reid get another one. Just personal bias against him.
0: (laughs) Well, that's not his fault. Your team kicked him off the team. I know. Your team decided to get rid of him.
1: Well, he, well, he evidently learned from his mistakes. He became a better coach when he left the Eagles. Like he learned from his mistakes with the Eagles, whatever those mistakes were. I don't know because you know you're talking front end stuff and and things that we you know don't get to see or hear about. Clocks what's up? clock, clock minute that too
3: yeah <laughs> so and he's still I'm, not i have still seen games with the chiefs where he is screwed it up but not to the point where it's like cost him as much as it did the eagles
2: no. i'm gonna change the subject a little bit just for joe just to ask tell joe this when i was talking to my friend mickey today and he likes Michigan. I said, welcome to Suckdom. I'm like, me and Joe have been there for three years. Welcome. Ooh.
0: They got their asses handed to him. I watched some of that game. I was like, holy shit.
2: They're talking about,
1: they're talking about uh, I heard that uh, as some announced, uh, some sports radio show that I was listening to was talking about, it's Jim Harbaugh that's there right now at Michigan. Yeah. They were talking about, get out, Jim, while you can. Just leave, come back to the NFL. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey, it, it could be possible. I get, won't be out,
3: get out while well, he can. Why do you think the team's doing badly? He's got to bear the front of that responsibility.
1: Well, I understand that he's the coach. He he bears the blame for that, but
3: <laughs> that's. They're also having to do the recruiting. So cool. it's like pick the players. Who,
2: who beat Penn State yesterday?
3: Nebraska. Yeah,
2: <laughs> the Big Ten is is. This, this, when Indiana versus Ohio state is the marquee matchup of the season. Wow. Yeah.
3: The big Ten, big 10 is Ohio state in a dumpster fire. No offense. <laughs> I don't think that they're an elite team by any means. No, so. I
2: don't. I'm just saying that's the marquee matchup of the big 10 this year.
3: That whole conference is just down. It's just, it's just, yeah. But, um, I read an interesting stat about Penn state, um, Shit, there was three components to it. I can only remember two of them now. It's about like in the last twenty years, they've only played two games in which they gained more than four hundred and fifty yards, uh, gave up fewer than three hundred yards, and lost. How is both that of those possible? Both, <laughs> both well turnovers. But uh, yeah, both of those games were in the last four weeks. It was the game against Indiana, the game against Nebraska yesterday. So now that nice. happened not happy times in Happy Valley. No, and it's, it's,
2: it's not happy times in Tallahassee either. They, they went 40 years without a losing season, and now they, they were going to have three in a row. <laughs> I don't
3: mean, oh. know what it, exactly what the problem is at Penn State. I mean, you've had injuries. You've had guys opt out. Uh, I, I, I've always had this this feeling like pretty much every single game, they were not ready to play when the game started. They like kicked it into gear in the second half in a, most every case, but they like did not show up ready to play the game. And To me, that's on the coaching. So, and Absolutely. they are the worst, and, they, and they are they are one of the worst tackling teams I have ever seen, right now. Listen, college football is
0: done for me. Both my teams are sucky. Um,
4: <laughs> my
0: pro football teams lost three in a row. They need to win tomorrow night. And I'm just waiting for college basketball. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for.
2: I was,
3: I was, uh, Tom, I'm little you know, what pat should, they should try to push college basketball back like i heard rick patino made some kind of comment about may, may madness he's all for may madness and everything and it's like you know considering what's going on right now that's that really may not be such a bad idea so long as it's uh as so long as it's feasible in some way I, but um uh,
2: Wednesday night, I threw the towel in on college football when Toledo was up by ten with two minutes left and managed to lose.
3: <laughs> so, well, yeah, it was it was something.
2: It was That's something. my that was my. I'm like I'm done with college football this year. Fuck it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my problem. I still actually have to care about college football because Notre Dame is still you know right in the thick of it and everything. Um, yeah, I have no idea if they're as good as Alabama or Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, but at the same time you know, again, I don't know if we discussed this on here or not, but if it was just in a private conversation, but, you know, it wasn't like the uh, the Clemson quarterback, uh, the backup, whose name I just can't pronounce, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not like, it's not like he was playing some shit game, you know, where it's like, I don't, what could Lawrence have done differently if he was in there other than just his mere presence of being in there? Uh, but there was also a Notre Dame home True. game even the stadium, the stands were hardly full, so we'll be interesting to see what happens when they presumably play again when Lawrence is playing and they're on a neutral field. But yeah, you know, we'll see what happens.
5: I mean, it's
2: you're well, right. Next you're, four weeks it may never happen.
3: You know? Yeah, you're right. You're right, Pat.
2: But Trevor Lawrence is probably the best player in college football. So, like, you're 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 talking about probably.
3: I certainly agree with that and that, but I'm just saying, it's like, it's not like the guy played like shit, you know, and he he threw for over 400 yards, I think. So, or, or close to it. So it's just like, it's almost like, well, what the hell could Lawrence have done differently? But I, I,
2: I'm at the point now where I don't, I, I actually didn't think they should have been playing out of the gate. I don't think college football should be playing. I've been against it from day one. I don't think they should be playing. They're not in a bubble. All kinds, of, like look at when you know, like I said, you're getting big ticket games getting canceled. So and that now I'm hearing you now I have to live because Jay like just doesn't know what to do with himself on a Saturday if the Buckeyes don't play. Like he's saying that because because <laughs> he said because Maryland's the one that got sick they should have to forfeit and Ohio State you should get the win for it. I'm like really, no
5: <laughs> shit, Jay.
2: So and it's <laughs> that like that. It's, it's it's just like. And I've argued with him about them playing and not playing, and he just wants them to play because he's selfish and he wants something to do on the weekend. I don't think they should be playing because I don't think it's safe.
1: Listen, I don't <laughs> give a fuck if the whole team gets COVID. They get on that fucking field and they play. <laughs> if so one of them fuckers dies,
3: I don't give a shit. You play football.
0: <laughs> the problem is that some schools are actually.
3: What's that? Some people are what you just did. I'm sure that's the way a lot of people are actually acting. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad because there's a lot of schools that are actually
0: putting their players in, a, in like a bubble format at the college and school and all that stuff and other ones really aren't they're still going off and doing their college kid shit and that's those are the schools that need to get their heads out of their ass and uh, put them in more of a college bubble and uh, you wouldn't have that problem
1: you need to lock that shit down
0: you go in the frat houses come on guys
1: Yep, not a good idea. All right, I think it's about time to get this thing that we call a podcast fucking started. Let's get <laughs> this motherfucker on the road. Break
0: a break. <laughs> Pat, what
5: break a break now, we'll get this podcast on the
0: road,
2: mofo's. He looked like Pop Robin Williams when he played Popeye with that face. You <laughs> <Didn't rule.
3: laughs> Yeah, that movie is uh, pretty terrible. I don't know if you <laughs> it
1: <laughs> All right. So, good old Theo, what the hell are we talking about today? We are talking about professional wrestling.
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. Rivalries. <laughs> Rivalries. <laughs> I said wrestling. <laughs> 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 Rivalries.
3: Or, or, if you want to phrase it another way, Y'all ready to play the feud? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: that was that was okay. good,
0: Pat. We surveyed one hundred wrestling trolls <laughs>
4: on Twitter.
1: <laughs> That's right. To all the wrestling trolls out there, we don't like you because you guys make wrestling terrible. Your opinions, your thoughts really don't fucking matter. Just like ours don't, but yours <laughs> really
3: don't. <laughs> yeah, there's a, see, the difference between us and you is we know our opinions don't matter. Correct. <laughs> your opinions matter.
0: Wow. If our opinions mattered, we would be not sitting here with the four of us, <laughs> and we'd be sitting up in Connecticut somewhere or somewhere else uh, with a job. Yes, yeah, so
5: we,
3: we would be in a small conference room in Stanford. Uh, we would be, uh, you know... Yeah, trying to
2: come yeah. up with terrible storylines.
3: <laughs> ideas around, and uh, we would know that we had hit something or that something had struck a nerve when we would hear the phrase, Damn it! That's such good shit!
2: who knows... <laughs> Who knows if that would have happened with, uh, with us anyways, so. Yes, it would
1: have been. Could you imagine us, all four of us in a conference room, shooting ideas at Vince? He'd be
2: like, um, no. Um, <laughs> no. Um, nope, we, we have like these, not either. We we either. Hey, Vince, <laughs> we, we have these three announcer guys, and we're going to put Lucha masks on them, and it's going to be a great reveal at the end. Nope, that's stupid. <laughs>
1: But did you just go out there with a hood like you were part of the Dark Ministry and uh,
2: rip it off? <laughs> it was me, Austin. It was me. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> But you know, and the other wrestling too. You know, getting Shaq in the ring doesn't really sound promising to me either. Which I saw oh, pictures God. of him backstage the other day. He's been training
3: real quick. Before we get into our topic again I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> Since you brought that up I, I, I Again I do not watch AEW I don't even really listen to like Cornette's reviews of AEW Because I feel like if I'm not watching the show I really don't give a shit what he's saying about it But Was there like some kind of Tony Khan announcement Where he said something was going to happen That was going to Shift the balance of power in wrestling Is that what he said? Uh
2: I mean, I don't know if that's what he was referring to, but...
3: Because if that's if what he was claiming was Shaq showing up, then <laughs> somebody needs to smack him around pretty fast. Because that just shows he has no idea what's going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Shaq's not going to do that much for your wrestling business uh, to bring that many more viewers to
3: it. And and
2: you know, we guys we 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 you know, we play Monday Monday morning quarterback with Vince McMahon all the time. We 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 like to take pot shots at him. But Indeed. if he didn't want Shaq to fight Big Show cuz he wasn't in a good enough shape, somebody was probably telling Vince that. It wasn't just Vince walking out and saying, "Fuck this. This guy's too fat." So, <laughs> Somebody was probably saying, I don't know if this is going to work. So if, if yeah. Vince didn't want him at that point, and that was like five or whatever, however many years ago. So we're fast forwarding several years and now AEW is going to take their try with them. And Cody is one of the better wrestlers in the world right now. So Cody, that, but this isn't Pat McAfee. This is Shaq. So this is not the same scenario where you can put one of your, your like best wrestlers in the ring with some like, celebrity person and expect gold to happen. I, I can't see Cody and Shaq lighten the world on fire.
1: No, and it, yeah. you're right. We do take a lot of pot chat to Vince McMahon, but when it comes down to it, he's been super successful over his career. Do we think he's a little out of touch? Yeah. Some of his yeah. shit is going awry. <laughs> yeah, of course, absolutely. But he's not completely, he's not stupid when it comes to he knows certain things will not fucking work, but he'll try something once to see if it does and then rehash stuff that's worked in the past you know,
2: right. <laughs> constantly Anyways, we digressed yeah. Sorry yeah.
1: Alright, so we're talking feuds or um,
2: rivalries. rivalries Rivalries,
1: whatever you want to call them Rivalries uh, Rivalries, god damn it <laughs> So Darth Pat Yes Give us um, what you would consider, what makes a good feud or rivalry in wrestling? Give us like two key points.
5: Well, I think
3: the main thing is that, you know, there has to be, there has to be a good reason for the two guys to be feuding. Um, You know, like there, so there has to be, like, because that's like the foundations, like, you know, why are they feuding is it over this is it over that you know like like what again so just like the why it has to be a strong foundation you know frequently that'll be it's over a championship which is you know which is fine um sometimes though i think some of the better feuds are based on something that's you know a little that runs maybe like even a little bit deeper than that And like the custody you know, of a child <laughs>
1: We're gonna pass on talking about that one. Uh, <laughs> I, that you know,
3: by, by the way, of course, Friday was unfortunately the 15th anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's passing. So, um, just to put everybody on a down note, except for except for uh, AJ over there. Uh, anyway, um, oh. you know, I'm just thinking more of feuds that are built on like a personal matter. Um, just to just two that kind of come to mind immediately that were built more like a personal matter than like fighting over a belt the rick rude jake roberts feud in wwf because it was over you know rude hitting on jake's wife and you know of course one that's really one of the most famous rivalries of all time the von Erics and the freebirds
4: mm-hmm.
3: which you know it was it was essentially built around the fact that you know michael hayes and terry gordy more or less cost carry von eric the nwa title and you know, the cage match against Ric Flair, but it was, you know, it also became like very, very bitterly personal after that, you know, it was like Texas versus Georgia. And there's always that one famous promo. You see Kevin Von Eric cutting where he's like, you know, decency versus filth. And, you know, like the, the Von Erics were the, you know, clean cut all American good boys and the Freebirds were the, you know, like the, uh, you know, like the slimy, you know, dirty, you know, uh, you know, thugs basically. So, uh, you know when you have uh something like that that's that's i think the primary so you have to have like a good good reason for them to feud just kind of a throw out like a um like like a like a converse to that is something that didn't have a good feud this didn't really become i think it was really just a one-off match edge versus booker t at wrestlemania why did they have those two guys wrestle at wrestlemania the main reason was because they had to get both guys on the card because they were Edge and Booker T and they deserve to be on the card. Mm-hmm. But the storyline, if you want to call that, that they built around that is that Edge got a Japanese shampoo commercial instead of Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> you got my gig, Saka. <laughs> <sucker.
5: laughs>
3: if you want to know how bad that was in his book, Edge made fun of it and was basically mocked the whole the whole setup. So if one of the guys was right not two years after it took place about how stupid it was.
2: Booker Probably T too. was Booker T was entertaining during that. I will say that at least.
3: I'm not that it wasn't entertaining that they had like a bad match or anything, but it was. Yeah, it was just like it was like the dumbest of dumb reasons. It was kind of like, I think it was at that same WrestleMania, Kurt Angle wrestled Kane because they didn't really have anybody else for Angle to wrestle because you know he had been feuding with Triple H, but Triple H was in the title match and everything, and I think they tried to build some story where Angle blamed Kane for him having lost the opportunity to wrestle for the title. I don't even remember if that was remotely true, but again, it was it just like... I yeah, was just like, we gotta have these guys on the WrestleMania card because they're former champions, they're, you know, basically mm-hmm. at the top of the card, and so shit like that. So there has to be a great reason. Um, and then... You really, you basically have to be able to put on good matches because um, if you can't really put on good matches against each other in some way, now I don't just mean from like a work rate reason, because nobody's going to say that Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant were putting on five star matches in 1987, especially. (laughs) Their WrestleMania three match, which again, like I've said, Meltzer gave like, I think like negative two stars to, um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be like built on work rate, but uh, it can, it can be built on spectacle. And as long as that spectacle holds, which pretty much means that they don't wrestle like too frequently. And so like in like those days, you know, when there's only four pay-per-views a year, you could get away with that because they're, they're, they weren't, they're not going to wrestle like in between the pay-per-views, you know, they'll, they might cut promos on each other. They might do tag matches against each other. They might interfere, but they're not actually going to go one-on-one. So as long as you keep that orb up, you know, that works. That's mm-hmm. something that they kind of did more recently with Goldberg and Lesnar, I think, mm-hmm. you know, even though, again, it was always kind of funny that the matches were ridiculously short for whatever reason, it just hit a nerve with like the live audience. And it's like, we wanted to see this, like, you know, another time. So it, it kind of worked. So again, just like having a really solid reason for there to be a feud. And then just, again, either they can put on great matches or they can put on matches that the audience wants to see for, again, maybe just the pure spectacle reason of it. Those are what's going to lead to great feuds.
2: Okay. Sometimes, sometimes like, it, it, it doesn't always work. But some of the better feuds, when you look back over time, a lot of the times the guys are friends off camera. They're like pretty good friends off camera. And then you can cut deeper when you cut a promo or something. It can be a little bit more personal, like like Shawn Michaels and Triple H have had a pretty good m- multiple times. And it's because those guys are friends off camera. I think that like, it doesn't always help. But I'm saying there's a lot of times where on some of these ones I have written down where they were friends off camera and it, it made it easier because then then the, the chemistry is there. Usually so. Another small factor that helps out. Yeah. Like Chris Jericho and Goldberg, if they would have ever fought, I don't know how well that would have ended up because they hated, they legitimately didn't like each other and they weren't going to do anything to make the other person like look good. So that's an example of a feud I saw that was ranked, but they never really fought. And it was more Jericho, you know, being an asshole and being a jerk to go over, which was fine, but I don't think that that would have worked if they had fought because I don't think they because they just dis- <laughs> disliked each other so much. I think that one could have been a train wreck. <laughs> right. So
1: you could say... T- t-
3: so had a match in like W. Sorry, Jeremy, uh, in uh, WWE in mid 2003. I think, and I think that they were both in the Elimination Chamber match, but I think that was it for like they actually like, you know, encountered the ring. Obviously, what you're referring to is the everything that Jericho did in like 1998 and WCW yeah. Goldberg basically flat out refused to do it. And they, they could have really built something on that, but because Goldberg was uh, an asshole, they, they, they wasted it.
1: So pretty much your point is it doesn't necessarily have to be a friendship, but they have to have really good chemistry that yes. allows them to work on and off the camera together as a, as a unit to say, we want this to look really good on TV here's what we here's what we should should do so you got any other points you want to add to that
2: aj i mean i I, it it's it's harder to go back like and say back like with hogan and andre like that era Mm -hmm. sometimes it was just like one or two promos that's it but like when we got Roxena a couple years ago and the the build was a year and you didn't see anybody, the promo work in that feud was some of the best promo work I've ever seen in my whole life. So, and I, I do like both of those guys, but the promos when they were bantering back and forth every week, whether you like them or not, that was like five-star promo work between the two of them. So, like the promo work can help if you have the right guys doing, it. you don't, it's not a necessity. I think more nowadays, more you need it kind of. Yeah. So like it, it, it's, it's not the whole feud doesn't have to be based on that, but it, it definitely can help a feud. Cause like Cena yeah. on seen on punk is another example of a feud where the, the promo work was really good because both of those guys are top, you know, 10 or 11 guys in the mic of all time. And you know, Punk and Cena have a tendency when they're on the mic to make it feel real, even if it's not. Sometimes they had, those guys were both really good at making you think that they didn't like each other. I don't know if they hated each other. There's definitely mutual respect. We found out like recently that there's definitely mutual respect between the yeah. two of them. So that's another example where two guys who are all-time greats on the mic, the mic work helped make a feud that was already good even better. Theo, you got anything you
1: want to add? No. No,
2: <laughs> me neither. I mean, they, they
0: they pretty much uh, summed it up. To be honest,
1: no, I completely agree. There's nothing that I could add that would um, really. to a feud that makes any sense at least. Um, So before we go into it, because I think the next thing we should really jump into is some great feuds that we've seen throughout the course of history in in our lifetime at least. But before we do, I just want to take a quick shout out and say thank you to everybody that watches this show, whether you're catching on YouTube, um, you know, to get the video version or you're catching it on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Amazon Music, wherever you're catching it. Thank you guys for watching uh, and tuning in and listening uh, if you are catching on YouTube, though, make sure you are smashing the like button. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button and also turn on those notifications so you never miss a single episode. And always, as always, um, you can always turn into tune into our Twitter account, which is at four guys with a Z, the number four guys with a Z, uh, roundtable, and then you'll be able to catch us on Twitter. And tune in to the end and always catch the Mount Rushmore, which we do have a Mount Rushmore this week. I know it's been a couple weeks without a Mount Rushmore, but we do have a Mount Rushmore this week. So you definitely want to tune in to the end of that. All right. So with all that said, and I kind of stumbled there a little bit, I kind of almost forgot about Twitter because I don't have, that's the one thing I don't handle.
2: (laughs) That's the, that's Theo on the Twitter handle. Um, Jeremy, why don't you why don't you give us a couple of feuds? Like since you haven't really talked, why don't you give us a couple that you I already threw a couple out, and so did Pat kind of. So Right.
1: And I just want to kind of elaborate on one of the ones that you mentioned there, and that was the Rock Cena feud. Because for me, with being a huge Rock mark that I am and enjoying Cena like I did, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Cena um, mark, but I give credit where credit's due. Regardless of how good of a wrestler he is, I give credit where credit's due. He carried that fucking company. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. He fucking carried that company for the 10 years that he was there, and he was the main guy. Um, those promos were freaking fantastic. When <laughs> The Rock comes out and he talks about John Cena's shirts being, yeah, we see you, you big bowl of fruity fucking pebbles, you know? <laughs> you know, when he's when he's on his game, when The Rock's on his game and doing those promos... Um, you know, the crowds pop and the crowd's hot. It just led up, you know, and the, and the whole premise of it. And, you know, the rock's gone, he's gone Hollywood. He doesn't care about the WWE anymore. He just uses the WWE to, you know, promote another movie. Um, and, you know, John Cena's the man, I'm always gonna be here, I'll never leave, which is kinda of funny because now uh, he's done the exact same fucking thing that the Rock did. So
2: so yeah, so Cena Cena ended up in a feud with Roman Reigns where Roman was calling Cena out for the same shit that he called The Rock out for, which is hilarious to me.
1: Yes. It is. So um you know, this kind of see the, the tail end of, you know, what transpired years later after this whole feud went down. But that feud was just really, really good. Like, the fact that it was played out for so long, too. Like, it, you got to see a feud play out for a really long time. You got to see moments of The Rock coming back. I, I can't particularly remember if he wrestled any matches before he got to wrestle Cena at WrestleMania or not. I don't remember that well.
2: He, he, um, go ahead. He... He had a tag match against The Miz and R-Truth. There was a tag match at, at uh, Survivor Series, I think. And he, I mean, he fought CM Punk and won the title from him. So he had a couple matches interspersed in there, but he didn't have a ton. There, I do remember my, my favorite thing that The Rock ever said to Cena during all of that, and there was like 10 really good promos between the two of them, two weeks. After the Fruity Pebbles thing, he was like, You yabba dabba bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And then the match itself, the match was a was a good match. It wasn't a five star kill, you know, you know, match, but it was a good overall match that really concluded the feud. Like it, it it was able it was the climax of the movie and it ended and you knew what, you know. Who the I, winner think,
2: was. I think the first match was better. I think the first match was a little bit better than the one that The Rock won. But me and Joe saw the second one. We were in attendance for the second one. And it, it was probably it was a good three, match. And, three and three quarters, four-star match. I think the first one, maybe I would give four and a quarter if I was being generous. I do think the first one was a smidge better than the second one. But you're right. That, that feud is a really good example of one that... Because sometimes the feuds are really short. Sometimes mm-hmm. now, especially nowadays, we get a three- or four-month feud. We're trying to compare three- and four-month feuds now to five-year feuds from back in the 80s and 90s. So it's, it's, it, gets, it gets harder to compare because it's different. Like Pat yeah, right. said, there was only four pay-per-views back then. They can't drag the stuff out. It's harder for them to drag it out because if they start dragging it out too much, the wrestling community, myself included, gets pissed off and says, what are we slow burning Sasha and Bailey for three years? Jesus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a good slow burn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I do want to talk about. <laughs> yes. So that burn, kind of burn, burn. And there's the other down. kind of burn that you don't want. <laughs> 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 we don't want to hear anything about that one, Jeremy. So never had that problem. Thank God. Well, um... that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> nope. But the other feud that I want to talk about, and I'm gonna go back, you know, to quite a quite a few quite a few years ago, a couple decades ago actually, and the mega powers implode. You know, like, <laughs> that feud, like I don't you go back to Hulk Hogan and Re- Monster Man Randy Savage, that feud was just it was fucking incredible. And, it was a an amazing feud for I, those I, two. I,
2: I knew that was coming that night on the main event. Like I was watching, knowing they're they're imploding tonight. Oh yeah. You knew it. As soon
1: as oh, yeah. like that match kind of started, you're like, hmm, something's gonna fucking happen. You're like, oh, Miss Elizabeth got just got feeling. picked up by Hogan. It's freaking on. Like as soon as Hogan picked up Miss Elizabeth, you're like, it's on. Forget it. Macho Man's gonna lose his goddamn mind. Like, he's yep. literally gonna lose his shit. And he did. And it was it that was the one time that Well, there's been many times, but that was one time when Vince was like on the freaking money he's like you guys are the freaking main people right now you guys are gonna draw some mega cash for this company we gotta break you up and we've got to do it and here's gonna be the angle and and they both you know Macho Man was cool with it and you know watching uh the Macho Man Dark Side of the Ring um episode he was paranoid uh, he was fucking paranoid as shit (laughs) That that dude was really super paranoid but uh, you know, sure. so it played right into his personal, it, you know, his personal paranoia, and made it come to life in wrestling. So it was so realistic to be able to see on the screen and watch, and and, and Hogan being the more of the theatrical than being a really great wrestler. It was it was right up his freaking alley to be able to do that feud. So, I mean, that was probably, uh, one of my favorite feuds of all freaking time was that the mega powers explode. You know,
2: eventually, feud. eventually Savage got to the point where he needed to be paranoid if he slept with Stephanie. So
0: <laughs> oh no, <here laughs> <we go. laughs> allegedly, I would have been paranoid
2: <laughs> if I was him. then. I would have been like, oh, shit, <laughs> if, if yeah. Vince yeah. finds yeah. out, I'm in trouble.
4: <laughs> oh, man.
2: Pat, no comment from the peanut gallery on that one. I figured you'd say something.
3: <laughs> I He's uh, not going to touch. It. Today, today would have been Macho Man's 68th birthday.
2: I, I saw that.
1: Oh, yep. F- crazy. It's crazy the way we lost him. Such a you know, it sucks because he was such a good in-ring performer,
2: and, and we all he- liked him. All four of us on here, legitimate, like we all liked Savage. Yeah. There's no dislike here. We all liked him. So
1: I think it's personal issues outside the ring kind of messed up with him being able to be, like, that number one, like Hogan was. I think he really kind of, unfortunately, it got, he got overshadowed by Hogan, but I think some of his personal issues outside of the ring, like, just, you know, kind of played yeah. with the fact that he never got to that number one spot where he could have, because he had the in-ring ability and he had the mic skills. Like, he yeah. had the package. He really
0: oh, did. Oh, yeah. He was a good announcer, too. I liked when he was an announcer. I liked the, you know, that was that was fun to listen to him.
3: Yeah. I mean, he, he was on top. I mean, and if he wasn't like the number one guy, he was very much like the number one A guy. And I mean, they put the title on him the first time because Hogan was going to be off for most of that time, which he was. And they put the title on him the second time because Hogan wasn't there. Uh, and they hadn't really elevated for heart, you know, quite yet and everything. But then, you know, of course, the other problem was, is that they really started to phase him out. Uh, kind of against his will, so you know, I mean, that's why he left, and that's why he went to WCW. So, you know, he, I still always think of him as being one of the top guys ever, too. Oh, because,
4: absolutely.
3: Yeah, you know, he, uh, he's one of the few guys who have really, to, to have legitimately held, you know, both world titles, you know, like from both companies. So, um, yeah, that's, that's that's a that's a pretty small list of guys who did. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. All right, so I gave you two of mine. Who wants to who, Well I'll I'll go. I'll give Theo.
3: Theo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Theo hasn't said much, so let him go. I'm just waiting patiently. Just sitting here in the background. Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> um uh one of my personal favorite personal feuds was with two of my favorite wrestlers uh, is the Edge, Hardy and Alita feud.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that was a great one too. That was a good one. Ah uh,
0: yes. Where it came real personal, I started doing a little hanky panky with Mrs. Lita Lita when he was uh, dating Mrs. Uh, Mister uh, Hardy over there. Um, we got a sex show on TV. I know it was great. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I enjoyed that feud. That it, you could tell that feud was just personal. You didn't even, even if you didn't even know what was really going on behind the scenes, you the way. Party was talking, the look in his face, his eyes, Edge, same thing. It was just kind of like you kind of knew, like, all right, they really don't like each other right now. So what's – is this a fake feud with Lita or is this a real story in the background? And then when you find out it's a real story, it makes a whole lot more sense. But it was a good feud.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I enjoyed it. That's one of them. And where's my other feud I had here?
4: Uh-oh, my
0: other favorite feud since Mr. AJ dropped my CM
2: Punk. Well, you can go, you can, you know, I didn't on. talk about it. I didn't talk about it that much, Joe. You can expound right, on it. I just right, talked about the mic yeah. stuff. Um,
0: my other feud really was the Daniel Bryan versus the authority. I, I liked the whole small guy trying to climb the ladder to uh, take down the you know the top top people. You know the people running the business. You know he had to fight through a lot, through all the different things the Authority made him go through, uh, especially at the WrestleMania where he had to fight two matches and you know win a match to get the Triple H, and then you know call million with him winning that match. Uh, I thought that was a very good feud that played out a pretty decent amount of time, but I, I feel that they did it. They went about it the right way, and that kind of worked too because they were able to throw a lot of shit at him because the old Authority with the wrestlers they had you know, sold out to join the authority and things of that nature. So those are like two of the ones I really enjoyed.
1: Yeah. And the Daniel Bryant authority one, like I really, when I look at that feud, I really look at it as like, this is the way Vince thinks still like you're a small yeah. guy. You can't be a number one guy. You can't be an A-list wrestler. You are a B-list wrestler. Like you, you don't deserve the top, which, it's so untrue anymore in today's wrestling. Like the small guys can be the, the, you know, win over the crowd. They can be the top guys. So to see that kind of play out and really change, not I don't want to say change his thinking, but show him that his thinking isn't correct yeah. all the time. I mean, most most, very of the, cool.
2: most of the most of the guys who I think are in the top 10 best wrestlers in the world aren't are small guys now. Yeah. Most of them are not. Yeah.
0: I think the thing with that, that feud, that rivalry and whatnot, is the fans were so invested. You know, you know, Daniel Bryan comes into WWE as, you know, from the indie circuit, you know, you know the original NXT where you had your coach um, <laughs> and whatnot, and then, you know, be you know, pulled up to the main roster and kind of start doing what, you know, he normally does. And people were really invested in that, you know, the whole Yes movement and all that stuff. But that was a very vested Uh, I think one of the – it's one of my top five feuds of all time for me.
1: I just wish he wouldn't have grown his beard out so long because he started to look like a homeless person.
2: (laughs) He definitely did. (laughs) shaved that shit, man,
1: just a little bit.
2: He started to look like Happy Gilmore's caddy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll see him come up trying to clean my window. (laughs)
0: I just want to want, want to know what you jabroni asses are gonna say about me when I start letting my beard grow. Huh? 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 I'm gonna call me the homeless guy now, guys. Huh?
1: As long as you keep it brushed nice and co- combed, shit. I mean, Daniel Bryan looked like he hadn't fucking combed it either.
2: <laughs> yeah, Daniel uh, Bryan looked like he hadn't taken a shower for a while too, even. <laughs> oh,
1: shit. where's your pants?
0: <laughs> I'm the long green, like, too much. What you talking about? Natural, all old natural.
5: Olds washer. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, all right. I'm gonna kick it over to Darth Pat. Darth Pat, give us one yeah. or two feuds. No, no. Okay, AJ, give us one or two feuds. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, yeah. Like you said, like you know, a lot of times it's hard to compare, like you know, the older days to the newer days. I mean, uh, you know, I was like, you know, I was doing some research and like seeing what some people said were like. You know, like like great feuds, like greatest feuds of all time. And I was looking for more old school ones, like ones that maybe I wasn't familiar with. Um, and a few popped up, like the Briscoes versus the Funks, which is one that I, you know, also think. And I and I think also this would have been true, like back in like the territory days. Um, you know, feuds that could like go from territory to territory. There's probably something special about that because that means, especially in those days, that you could, you know, make people believers in multiple areas and everything so True. uh like um abdul the butcher and carlos cologne like they feuded like everywhere uh abdul did the same thing with bruiser brody um you know the feuds like that are always kind of intriguing uh the midnight express versus the rock and roll express i mean that started in mid-south and went to gym rocker promotions. so i find feuds like that to be interesting where like you know they kind of they almost kind of follow each other from one place to the other, and inevitably they they end up you know meeting with each other. But some some feuds that um always kind of stood out to me. Um, I don't really want to say Hogan Andre is the one that I grew up on, because I actually feel like I started I came into wrestling like a little bit after that. So like Hogan Savage was kind of more of a big thing to me than Hogan Andre was. So right. kind of. Just bypass that, um, Brett Michaels and er, Brett Michaels. Woo! Poison. <laughs> <Who's>, who, what? <laughs> you know, Got Brett, a rock and going on now? Yeah. <laughs> talking music. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, I think, will always be one of the most enduring rivalries of all time. And you know, it's funny. We commented earlier about when you have two guys who are like friends, or at least you know have mutual respect. <laughs> and have, like, chemistry with each other or whatever. Um, they had you know, two
2: of the three. They had mutual respect and they had chemistry. They just didn't like each other.
3: Well, right. But it's like at, at first, though, they did like each other, but it just it, it just deteriorated over time for one reason. And I really think the reason was just, you know,
1: Michael's it attitude. A,
3: it, it was based on that, but it was really a clash of philosophies, too. It was Michaels was more willing to, you know, embrace like the newer way things were going and brett was reluctant to do so you know we're talking about like like the, the proto attitude stuff from like 1997 basically mm-hmm. you know like the dx shit and everything really like you know brett was still kind of in like the a bit of an old school mindset where he should be like appealing to families and everything like that and it shouldn't be as vulgar so you could you could throw some blame on brett for just like you know oh, yeah. at death- that times um, but, yeah, I think, you know, Michael's attitude, of course, was really they,
5: most-
2: that. they also were both of them had a huge ego. And both of them, I like I like I've said, I think those were are two of the three or four best wrestlers of all time. They both knew they were and they had egos about it. And the egos definitely for both of them. Michael's oh, was yeah. a douche. Michael's was a bigger douche than Brett most of the time. But there was ego involved in, with both of them in this, too. It got to the point where. The ego, you know, because Brett put Michaels over and then Michaels wouldn't return the favor, like that, that all led to the screw job then. It's just, it's, it is, I, it's the one I had written down too. It's, it's every list I saw, it was, it was one, two, or three. <laughs> this feud. <laughs> it,
5: it's because it's
3: almost taken on this, like, you know, even though that they've more or less made peace with each other, they, they I mean, they did the public thing, you know, and in the, in the ring there it was about 10 years ago. Now, God, I can't believe it was 10 years ago already. <laughs> um Man, we're getting old. <laughs> well, it's not that. Dumb, it not like it was that long ago to me. It's like, a lot of shit's happened to me in the last 10 years. But anyway, um, you know, we, we we assume that they've made peace in, in real life. I mean, I think they have, but I think it's also going to be a thing. There's always going to be like that little bit of tension between them and everything. Uh, You know, like you said, uh, one of the problems with with Brett is something that Jim Cornette has always said. He always felt like the biggest problem Brett had was that he took himself too seriously. And it's something I've also heard Bruce Pritchard say. Like, Bruce Pritchard says, like, you know, he always had the attitude that he won that title. And it's, no, you were given that title, you know. I mean, they they had... They had, you know, the
2: Iron Man match. I was actually at 92 Survivor Series when they fought in the main event. So they had, like, really good matches. Like, it's not like we're going to ever say, oh, man, Bret Hart and uh, Shawn Michaels stunk the joint up. Like, they – I mean, you have two guys who are – you know, we're talking – this is like if we were to talk about Steamboat and Flair. You're talking about, like, guys, like, who are that good in the ring together. Like, you're talking about Steamboat-Flair type chemistry with Bret and Shawn. So. Yeah.
3: yeah sure. So. All right, so another one that always kind of sticks out to me, and you could say that this is like a cop-out, and in some ways it is, but NWO versus WCW, because, you know... We,
2: I had NWO versus Sting down, I had it more broken into that, but yes...
3: Yeah, but I mean, I mean, and in a lot of ways, that was definitely where it was all leading, was that Stink had to be, you know, the savior, but, you know, that was the way that they kept selling it to us for 16 months, 18 months, however long it really was, between, you know, Bash at the Beach 96 and Starrcade 97. Uh, you know, it was always about, like, you know, who from WCW is going to stand up and challenge these guys, and, you know, the problem was, of course, that the feud was largely one-sided, you know, and that always even if the nwo lost they'd always find the ways to get the belts back on the nwo which it, it that was only going to work up to a point the problem was they got to that point and then they didn't you know just they didn't do the right thing afterward there but you know it was like you had a couple of guys who were constantly fighting them Well, there was, was the giant or ddp uh or you know for a time they're you know Piper and Flair until of course they couldn't get along with each other and you know that broke down and all that other shit but of course you know it always really had to be Sting but that really of course is what you know helped WCW you know take take flight in so many ways the fact that they really did make it seem for a while still uh that again it is it was this hostile that, that it was this hostile invasion I mean you could kind of mock some of the choices and everything, but the fact that even after the initial three, you know, they had the giant join up only to kick him out, of course, but that they brought in DiBiase and six and Vincent, uh, cool. you know, again, I continued the perception that it was like some kind of invasion from the other, from, you know, the company up North and everything. So mm-hmm, yeah. uh, that's why I feel it really worked. And, you know, obviously, of course, it put WCW on top for as long as period of time and uh you know really made you feel like uh something was uh you know something like really big was always happening And like every time the nwo showed up that you know there was going to be there was going to be problems like they were going to either wreak havoc or then if they did you know all of a sudden sting was going to drop down from the rafters so it's like you know you felt like you could never change the channel when that was going on
2: and what we and we might as well go go to this one. It doesn't have to be anybody's. What feud in WWE changed everything? Because it's it's number one on almost every list I saw. It's the one that took the power away from WCW, and it is arguably on most lists the number one of all time.
1: Well, let's before we go to that. Before we go to that, because I think it's a good idea to talk about. it. It's probably one of the biggest feuds of all time. Okay.
2: Give I us, can talk about a couple of other ones yeah, then. Give, give, give us two feuds that you really enjoyed. Uh, Austin and The Rock. I mean, they main evented WrestleMania three times. <laughs> so clearly, once again, these are two guys who are kind of friends in real life. So mm-hmm. watching The Rock call him a white trash hillbilly and redneck was hilarious to me because at the time I didn't really know that they were that good a friend. So seeing that all go down... I mean those are the two biggest stars of the attitude era in a feud. <laughs> and it they wrestled at three different WrestleManias. So they clearly had so much chemistry that they one year fought, another year fought. We're gonna skip a year and then we're gonna fight again. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I'm not an I'm not an Austin guy. I don't really like Austin, I never have, but I like that feud was so relevant on every level. Like when, like I said, when you're main eventing three WrestleManias against each other, there's, there's clearly something there. So especially closer to like this generation than the older generation to have the same guy fight each other three times at three out of four WrestleManias. It's harder to do that. The, the, the closer to like the future we are now, it's really hard to have the same guys main eventing three WrestleManias out of four. I don't know if we're going to ever see that anytime soon.
3: Mm-hmm. It's all so, um, unlikely, but you never know.
2: And uh, I got two here. I'm trying to decide which one to go with. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with, the horsemen versus the road warriors and the superpowers. Cause we got two war games matches because of that. The first two war games matches happened because of this feud. Obviously the feud carried over cause the war games happened year, a year apart. So we got two war games matches out of this feud and the horsemen are, you know, we we've already talked about how the, the horsemen started the, you know, the faction or whatever we, the, the, and, and, the road warriors and Nikita Koloff and dusty roads were the perfect, like people to feud with them. So, because they, those were, they were all faces at the time. And like I said, we got war games from it and yeah. war games, war games, in my personal opinion is WCW's greatest creation other than the NWO. So I, I, I love the war games. I, I've, I went and all the matches ranked just cause I was curious to see where the NXT ones fall in the ranking, so and WWE resurrected it, and they've done it right. So th- this feud got us the War Games. <laughs> so it very true. That was good. And Absolutely. I'm sure Pat or Joe, that's something either of them could have thrown out this feud. I'm sure it was on their minds. I see Pat shaking his head. Yeah. So
3: I mean, yeah. I, mean, I it's a lot, in a lot of ways, I always, I mean, that kind of was built off what's arguably a greater feud, which is Flair versus Dusty, but. <laughs> True. You know, when you stand it out like that, of course, like you said, when it leads to uh, uh, an um, iconic match, <laughs> I couldn't really think of the word I was looking for, but iconic works, you know, an iconic match type like that, that's, that's really, you know, defining then of the feud and of the promotion uh, and that you're able to keep using for years afterwards, then, then yeah, I mean, that's obviously very special. I was surprised.
2: Was just, just aside. Go ahead, Joe. You can say what you're going to say was, then. No. I was going to say, wasn't
0: Dusty the one who created the War Games contest he was. as well?
3: He's yeah. supposedly the one that always <laughs> credit, no, yeah. So it's like, and multiple people say it, so it's like you really, you really can't
5: doubt it. Though. I'm,
2: I'm like still partial to the first one, but I was surprised that almost every list I saw, the one where it was like Sting Squadron, that one is generally considered the best That's- one. Yeah, but that was also all of the list I saw were before the 2018 or 2019 war games happened. I, I might put the 2019 one possibly a number one. That's right. So but that I that one was sting, and that that one was number one on almost every list. The, 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 the other two were usually two or three. So, but I couldn't find a list that was ke- completely updated with the 2018 and 2019 iterations on there. So,
0: let's go back and watch some of those old War Games ones. They were fun to watch.
2: I actually have a DVD. Well, they came out with one, but I I have like all the DVDs burnt. Like somebody burned me copies of any DVD of a pay-per-view that has a War Games match on it. So, uh, okay.
1: So before we jump into what AJ was alluding to probably one of the game-changing uh, um, feuds of all time, at least with WWE and probably wrestling just in general. Um, we wanted to give one more time a quick shout out to all our viewers and say thank you guys for watching. Uh, whatever you're catching this, if you're catching it on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or Amazon Music, it doesn't matter where you're catching it. We appreciate you guys tuning in, listening, watching. Um, you know, if you are catching it on YouTube though, make sure you're smashing the like button, uh, clicking that subscribe button, as well as turning on the notifications. So yes, hit it, smash it. Um, so you never miss another episode. Um, we try to come to you guys weekly. Uh, we've missed a couple weeks here, but you know, we're back on track now. And you can catch us on Twitter at four, the number four guys with a Z round table. Um catch, you know, you can join us there and catch some of the goofy things that we say on there. Uh, and as always, as always, please tune in to the very end because we are back with having Mount Rushmore uh, for this particular episode and episodes going forward.
4: Uh, Theo, I, I'm sorry,
0: you, it, I'm I'm just laughing at your your concept of saying smash the button. And the reason <laughs> I'm the reason I'm saying that is Pat is Pat's gonna understand what I'm about to say. Because me and Pat both worked at the same place. We worked for uh, T-Mobile back in the day. And we used to get people that would call in. I'm like, okay, can you please press this button? Okay, I'm smashing it, but it ain't working for you, Joe.
3: (laughs) It was constant. and, And look, I know we're saying, you know, this is a big country. People all over this great land, you know, fifty states. Everybody has their own little regional, you know, terms and sayings and everything. I never fucking got why people said that they would smash the buttons. they <laughs> you so much. And also, just for like more further context, you know, this is really the pre-smartphone age still, um, for the most part. So,
5: Blackberries
0: were kind of the thing at that time, and some of the PDAs and the MDAs. But it was just funny, like. I remember, I remember, I'm sorry, go all track. I remember an 81 year old lady called in because she oh, had,
1: she
4: was
0: with her Blackberry. And I legitimately had to ask her, I was like, ma'am, why do you have a Blackberry? She's like, well, my grandson told me it was a cool phone. So he bought me a Blackberry. I said, you need to tell your grandson to go buy you a simpler phone. She's <laughs> like, She's like, sweetheart Joe, I, I agree with you because I just can't understand this blackberry crap. I just I'm just so confused. it was funny. She's like, Joe, I'm smashing the buttons like you telling me, but it just isn't working. It's <laughs> just like smash. It. I'd never heard that before, ever. And it was like a weird Midwest and Southern thing. Smashing them buttons for you, Joe. It's just not working. I lost my mind.
4: <laughs> Sorry,
0: I got sidetracked. But when you said smash the like button, it just popped in my head and like, oh. That's so good to know what I'm
2: talking about. This is funny, Jeremy. Before we before we delve into the 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 big the big big feud, I have one, I have one or two more. I don't know if anybody else if we want to talk about a couple more just to throw out there because I don't want these to get left by the wayside. So okay,
1: sure. Quick, quick hit us with them.
2: Uh, I have Edge and Christian, the Dudleys and the Hardys, because we got TLC mm-hmm. matches because of them. Yep. So oh, yeah. once again. So, so. It's a feud that create a match was created, <laughs> and w- they started a phenomenon with that. So the War Games match started because of the feud, and so did this, the TLC match started because of these guys. And I also have a, a much more modern feud that Joe's the only one on here who is going to give a shit about. Okay. But I have Okada and Kenny Omega down because those guys, every time they fight, it's like, a seven star match according to Dave. <laughs> so New Japan, baby. They are like they sometimes. are five star matches. They don't need to be anything more than five. So no. unfortunately, he seems to think it's okay to throw around sixes and sevens. But Although
0: that's the go there right. Do your that's,
2: of that's one of the down. modern that's one of the modern day mm-hmm. feuds that is like legitimately whether you like those guys, or you like New Japan, it doesn't even matter. Those two guys, every time they fight, it's it's pretty much, you're pretty much guaranteed you're getting five stars. Like, four and a three quarters at the worst. That, that, so. that was,
0: those are matches you legit have to go on YouTube and just find them and watch those matches. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, we all know New Japan's a different type of style. So, you know, you see Kenny Omega wrestling in a different style, per se, over there, but just Ah, you know, it's the pace, um, it's the move set. There's very few rest holds. You know, they're constantly semi-going for the most part. So it's it's uh it, it's a worth a watch. Like legitimately, they're they're
3: phenomenal matches.
2: Yeah. All right. So
3: do you guys talk. have any
2: other ones? Do you guys have any other ones? Uh,
3: real I have quick, one. just, and, and just to make sure that we get the appropriate amount of. Uh, Implied vulgarity into this show. Did I tell you my theory about when Meltzer gives a star uh, six or seven matches? Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> About when Meltzer gives a match six or seven stars, or uh, really i I'm
2: curious to hear this. I hope I. It's not going to piss me off. <laughs>
3: Well, that's oh. how much extra he was able to produce in watching the match. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it gave him it, so it gave him a bonus, ah. so therefore he gave the match a bonus.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love it that.
0: Oh, that was funny. I like that. I have no
3: proof of this.
0: Now, see, you guys cannot make fun of Pat out because you just made a fucking perverted comment and a perverted <laughs> joke. Yeah,
2: how many, podcasts, how many podcasts deep are we?
0: <laughs> We're on number 23, but that's okay. It's never too late.
2: Do you Do you want me to bring up that three-letter term and watch his face again?
3: That's how many stars we'll give to the next Okada Omega Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I just have woke quick one, and this is a TNA one. Oh okay. This is the motor city machine guns mm. versus what we call now the Young Bucks.
2: Nice generation me getting some love. Yeah.
0: That was a good rivalry at that time in TNA with those tag teams. They were really
2: the young bucks then. <laughs> yeah, they definitely were.
1: Well, yeah, and we had mentioned that on a previous podcast when we talked about tag teams and yes. the, the best of five matches that they put on were just Ridiculous, like just so good.
0: Those matches, they had other stuff too. They were just, mm-hmm. they just put those guys, you know, together and back and forth. it Was great. It's
2: good stuff. Yeah. All right, now, I think it's safe, right? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make <laughs> yeah. sure that. No, I don't know what, you know, we don't all know what we're picking for Rushmore. So I wanted to make sure we didn't leave anything out that's like deserves to be mentioned. I just want
1: to make sure yeah. it's safe to dive in. All right, uh, now the water's not too deep. <laughs>
3: I'd like to throw out there, which doesn't it doesn't really fit, but at the same time, it was demolition versus the Road Warriors slash Legion of Doom. And that was basically when you're coming down to it, that was really a feud on really two fronts. It was there were the Road Warriors, (laughs) they are, you know becoming this dominant tag team that everybody loves. Vince is like, I need a Road Warriors. (laughs) He creates demolition. Yeah. Then then a couple years later, he finally signs the Road Warriors, brings them in, and then they have a technically proper feud, though in a lot of ways it wasn't. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know... You always sense that it was, you know, that that's what it was, of course. So it was one of those, like, kind of rivalries from afar kind of yes. thing. But, uh, yeah. you know, I always felt like that definitely, you know, deserves something to it. Um, Another one that always kind of stuck out to me, and I think this even won, like, Pro Wrestling Illustrated's, like, Feud of the Year or whatever the award was, or however yeah. they named it, in 1997. Uh, was Savage against Diamond Dallas Page because oh, yeah, that, yeah. that got personal. Uh, that had a lot, a couple of really good, really brutal matches to it. Um, but like, yeah, it was like it, it was still kind of weird because it was like Savage had really just only joined the NWO, and they only had just started making a big deal out of Page because he was like the first guy to like outright reject. You know the NWO, and you know he actually got the better of them in a segment where you know he you know, he hit Hall with the Diamond Cutter, and then then Nash did that spot where Nash charged at him and Page ducked, and Nash took an insane bump over the top rope where he like hit like every single thing on the way down and like all to the mat to like really sell it that it was a big spot and everything. So it was like Page's really first big like main event feud, and it's kind of funny because. One of the things that they used to get heat in it was Savage and Elizabeth were holding up like the Playboy photos of Kimberly and everything. And it's like, okay, she's in the magazine. Paige knows she's in the magazine. Why is that? Supposed to, why, is that why is that why is that why is that supposed to make Paige mad? You know, it's not like he didn't know she was in the magazine. So I never really understood why they went there with that. And at the same time, because the way things were going, it's like, if you're pointing out that she's in Playboy, isn't that going to make her and Paige more popular? So, <laughs> I mean, um, I, I, always thought that was, I, I always thought that was kind of funny. So, um, you know, uh, there was there was that. So I, I thought that was always a really good feud. Um, And another great WCW feud that I think has to be mentioned is Vince Russo versus himself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: good old Vince. And And I want to slap you across the face.
5: (laughs) And of course, at the end of the day,
3: who won that feud? Nobody. Vince McMahon. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: pretty much. All right, so just
3: wanted wanted to do a just wanted to do a dig at (laughs) Russo.
1: No problem. You can dig all you want at him. All right, so
5: I'm gonna piss on his grave.
1: (laughs) So probably the feud for all feuds when it comes down to modern wrestling is the Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon feud, and I know that's what AJ was alluding to because. We all watched it. Anybody who's ever watched wrestling um, right now has probably been told, go back and watch this because it just it reignited WWE and made it what it was in the attitude error. Because
2: because we all want to kick the beat the shit out of our boss. So everybody wants to do that every day. So like that made it real for people. We're like, fuck, fuck this. He gets to beat his boss up. So, I mean, Vince, over time, learned how to sell the stunner because the first time he did Looked terrible. Like, yes.
1: <laughs> Looked like we got his neck literally fucking snapped. We we're like, oh, my God, he's fucking dead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, hey, my God. Hey,
3: as bad as Vince taking that stunner the first time was, we all know what the worst ever stunner <laughs> taking
1: Linda McMahon taking the stunner?
3: No. <laughs> oh.
1: No, not Linda, because
3: that was really bad too. <laughs> no, you WrestleMania, have to... WrestleMania twenty-three. The Battle of the Billionaires.
1: Oh Jesus!
0: <laughs> oh God!
3: Our soon-to-be yeah. former president took that stunner so bad. <laughs>
1: Well, he shouldn't have been taking a stunner in the first place, but that's besides the point. But yeah, I mean, this feud.
3: He should have taken a stunner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe a legit stunner?
2: <laughs> he had to earn his way into the WWE Hall of Fame, right?
1: So it's it's one of those feuds that, like AJ said, you're watching a guy beat the shit out of his boss. and most people at some point in time in their working career have probably wanted to punch their boss in the face. It's, you know, once or twice, or maybe a whole bunch of times before they decided to leave. So it's just one of those feuds that anybody in, at any level can just see themselves in that, you know, I I want to punch my boss. So, and Austin was super over because Austin could talk on the mic. um, You know, Vince was super over because he became the mega heel. Like there, I can't yeah. think of a heel that's ever been bigger than Vince McMahon. That's a non-wrestler. Like, I mean, that's, it's crazy how a non-wrestling figure can be like the ultimate heel. Like that's just crazy to me. Um, so it's just, it was, it was
2: the, it was the perfect shot in the butt that WWE needed at the time. Like it, it, it it's exactly what they needed. It came at the exact right time. And WCW was probably ruined on some level from that point going forward, whether it took two years or three years. As soon as WWE got back in the driver's seat and had Austin, The Rock and DX, WCW was in trouble (laughs) from that point on.
1: Right, and it's one of those things because they were able to use that feud over years. Like, it wasn't just like a one-and-done. It was years because... Well, yeah, because Vince was with The
2: Rock. Vince was even with The Rock, so that was like an offshoot of it to some degree. So, the corporation...
1: Yeah, there were so many things that they involved. Stone Cold... And then when he was in the ministry,
2: then he was in the ministry, (laughs) it was me, Austin! (laughs) Like, it was just... So many iterations of that feud that, like,
1: even if it wasn't Vince and Stone Cold directly against each other, Vince was behind the scenes of something that involved Stone Cold to piss him off that he was going to get at the boss some way or somehow if he had to go through 10 other wrestlers to get there. You know, it was, you know, and part of that feud, I mean, he drives down the fucking beer truck, smashes it into the ring, actually legitimately moves the ring when he <laughs> runs into the <laughs> no. fucking ring and that just hoses down. Worked. You know, that's one of the iconic moments in WWE was him in the beer truck, you know. And then, of course, they had to do angle with the milk truck, which was just kind of goofy, But it worked out.
2: I mean, I they for me, it got it got lame to me at some point because I'm like, oh, Stone Cold had a CDL license. Good for him. He can drive every vehicle imaginable into the ring. So let's find what vehicle we can drive in next. So we'll bring him on to the Zamboni. We'll bring a cement mixer in and pour cement and Vince's Corvette. So they like got to the point where they were like, okay, I'm like, I get it. Austin can drive trucks. Good for him. I don't need to see 15 more different kinds of trucks driven into the arena at some point or another. It's like Braun Strowman nowadays. whoop de doo The guy can lift stuff and dump it over. I don't care.
0: I found it amusing, (laughs) especially when his Corvette got cemented.
4: (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, the the – the one the cool probably the one of the coolest things that he drove was the fucking monster truck. That was pretty fucking cool. But yeah, it yeah. did get overplayed with all the different vehicles like he was randomly driving on a Monday night raw and shit like that. It's like, okay.
2: I mean, I, the I still vehicle? think that I still think the beer truck one is probably my favorite because uh the Vincent there is selling the shit out of it. Like, yeah, that like is vintage Vince. <laughs> like the rock is kind of staying away from it because he's like, I can't get hurt. WrestleMania is coming up, but Vince and the other they were they were selling the shit out of that beer.
1: Yeah, oh, Vince yeah. is literally fucking swimming at one time. He's like
2: <laughs> swimming. <laughs> it was just that was absolute. Say it, Pat. Crazy. Say it. Come on, that promo. Say it about that promo.
3: <laughs> what uh, the beer truck?
2: Yeah, just say what what Vince always says. Give me one. Wow. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do.
5: (laughs) We're going to drive out in this huge beer truck. And me and Shane and Rock are going to be in the ring. And we're going to dare you to come at us. And you're going to throw a couple cans of beer at us. And then... You're gonna take out this huge hose. I mean, it's not quite, as huge, a, it's not quite as huge as something of mine, but it's damn close. <laughs> on
4: Do one show, bro.
0: Do it one show.
5: You're gonna turn on this hose, and all this beer is gonna come out of it, and you're just gonna fire this beer hose at all three of us. And it's going to hit everybody in the first 20 rows around ringside. So. So you're going to basically try to drown us. Shane will be clinging to the ropes as if he's clinging to the side of the pool trying to make sure his feet don't hit the bottom. And I'm going to get knocked on my ass. And then I'm going to literally try to start swimming on top of them. It's going to look ridiculous, but it's going to be such...
4: God. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: my
3: god. oh my god. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. That was even better than I was expecting. Oh, oh well, you god. know, like they say, if you're gonna do something, don't half ass it, do it right. <laughs> That's <laughs> true, right. True.
2: Oh so
3: man.
1: That leads me into we talked about some really great feuds. We probably talked about one of the greatest views of all time. Now I wanna hear some from what from each of you, a stinker feud, like a feud that just made no fucking sense, was terrible, never came to a good conclusion. Whatever you want to say about it, I want to know a stinker because we all know one. So I'm I'm interested to hear your stinker feuds. AJ, I'll give you. I'll, I'll ask you the for kennel. A the
2: kennel versus hell. The kennel from hell match.
1: Kennel from hell match. I don't with the big that boss
2: one. man and the Undertaker, where they had dogs in the ring and they were shitting everywhere. <laughs>
3: I vaguely yeah, I would, remember that. Was it Big Boss Man and Al Snow? Uh, Keno, I, don't, geez, I remember, I remember
2: was, that was Oh, under I don't know why I always think Undertaker was in that.
3: <laughs> he had the kennel in a cell match with the Boss Man at WrestleMania earlier that year where they hung the Boss Man.
2: No, the, 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 yeah, Al Snow and Boss Man then, but that the kennel from that that match was so bad that it doesn't really matter what the feud was when that's the end of it. It's almost like Kane and the Undertaker in the Inferno match when he accidentally got set on fire.
1: (laughs) Uh, See, I don't know the premise behind that because I don't remember that match at all. Like, I don't understand, I don't remember that feud. So, what was the feud between them? What the hell made that match even happen?
3: uh, I think it was basically just that Big Boss Man was a bully. uh, And he decided to target Al Snow because Al Snow was bringing a dog with him to the ring at that time. (laughs) And They
2: had a Hell in a Cell match, and there were dogs inside it, and the dogs just shit everywhere.
3: And it was also because uh, like captured uh, Al Snow's dog, and then (laughs) apparently killed him and fed him to Al Snow.
1: (laughs) Weird. Yeah, That feud makes... I don't don't really
0: remember it.
3: Which was, was, I guess, in a way, was... was, it's kind of like a callback to when earthquake had squashed Damien and then yes. he was like then he made quake burgers which he then said were uh, were made from Damien's carcass
2: because so, that pillow inside the bag <laughs> that earthquake sat on that pillow that he squashed <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man um Theo what's a stinker feud
5: oh, uh, so
0: I, mine's not really based on anything crazy like that. I barely remember it. Uh, this one kind of for me is just based off of these two guys. I think the, the feud as far as the promos and outside of the ring stuff was, was good, but the end result in the ring just didn't turn out the way a lot of people expected, considering the fact that I've seen both these guys wrestle in New Japan and they put on 15-time better matches over there. Um, I did not care for the outcome of the AJ versus uh, Shinsuke feud that they had. Um, I think it was started with the IC title or whatever the case may be, whatever. It's just the lead-up was good. I was fine with that, but the in-ring matches just didn't suffice to win. And then
2: they turned Nakamura heel because they didn't beat him.
0: Yeah, so it was kind of like... The matches were just A-OK, like maybe two and a half, three stars, which sucks for those two guys. But and then they turn them heel. And it was just it just stinks because I've seen both of them guys wrestle and go for like a 30 minute match in New Japan, you know, and just wrestle as a tag team in New Japan and against each other and whatnot. So it's kind of like it was a little downer for me to see two guys I really like have a match that was kind of like, ah, OK, let's move on to the next. Mm hmm. So that's, that's it for me. That's That was one that was more like disappointing in per se. Any,
2: any feud with Braun Strowman applies to. <laughs> <I guess> so. <laughs>
1: All right. Darth Pat.
3: Oh, boy. I mean, there there's a couple I could think of. Uh, and, in fact, uh, to kind of refresh myself, I'm looking at the Wrestling Observer worst feud of the year winners from since he start, since uh, he, he uh, started doing that until you know last year and there was a couple that popped into mind here like WWF versus the alliance uh, because I mean it yes yeah. it, it's two things about that. I mean obviously again when he didn't have any of the big WCW guys, it was kind of destined to be to, to fail. And kind of hearkening to the whole Austin McMahon thing, and this is something I'm going to mention when we do our Mount Rushmore. Um, You know, they had aligned Vince and Austin earlier that year with the the WrestleMania 17 match. And then, obviously, like, Austin turns on Vince and the WWF to go head the alliance. It was almost as if they thought they needed to do Austin, you know, have Austin and McMahon feuding with each other again. But now Vince was the face and Austin was the heel nobody was going to buy that. Sorry. Um, But that's not the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of one more recently, and uh, I now feel kind of vindicated for the fact that it also won one Meltzer's uh, worst feat of the year for that year, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. And I (laughs) kind of hate saying this because I like Bray. I'm not as great with Orton. Orton just kind of bores me after a while. But... There's really, there's really two reasons why I think that this was a terrible feud. One, I still never understood why or enjoying the Wyatt family in the first place. I don't really remember what the reasoning for it was. If it was like he thought that that would help him like win the title again, or I, I just don't remember, and I honestly don't care to go look it up either. Um, and kind of with the same thing about that. You remember when the Wyatts, like, forced Daniel Bryan to join? Yeah, Brady? yeah. Remember how he started kind of dressing sort of like, oh, like, kind of like the way Harper yeah. and Rowan did? Orton didn't. Orton still dressed like Randy Orton. So I was like, they, they, they're telling us where this is going.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you know, I didn't mind Randy turning on Bray then at all. We knew that would have to happen. But the problem, of course, with that was that what Randy did is what a heel does, not what a face does, Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. burning down somebody's house. But then, of course, the culmination of it all, that was one of the worst fucking WrestleMania title matches ever. Whoever, you know, like, uh, again, one of my favorite wrestling podcasters always likes to uh, ask uh, the people who he's interviewing, who booked this shit? (laughs) (laughs) who booked booked that match, you know, because the the, the projections onto the ring from the ceiling, all that did was break up whatever momentum the match did because they wanted you to then focus what was like on the ring as opposed to what was going on in the ring. And also, I imagine that was probably pretty horrible for the live crowd to try to figure out, to try to watch and to try to figure out what's going on. And it was just also the fact that I think Bray had really only won the title like the previous pay-per-view or a month or two. So they gave him the title for like a month or two and then had him lose it again. Just all, all around, I just think everything about that feud we ended up just being a uh, kind of a colossal waste of time. And the irony about this is that they're more or less resurrecting that now, albeit in a much different manner. And I'm actually kind of, I'm actually more interested to see what they do with it right now. Do I have faith that they'll uh, make uh, something better out of it? Now, not really, but not really. But I also like this, you know, Fiend Alexa pairing. So, you know, we'll see.
1: So my stinker one would be Punk and Ryback. <laughs> that feud was dumb. Like it, yes, it, it It was, made, it was yeah. dumb because CM Punk didn't even buy into it. Like he like, absolutely hated the
2: idea. Of all, all you had to, say, all you to do is say it was Ryback, and we, we knew. <laughs> so, <laughs> like it's, 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 yeah. He was uh, never
1: gonna be over. I don't care what the hell they did for him. He was never gonna be over. Nah, and Punk knew it. And Punk was like scared to wrestle him because he knew he was fucking dangerous in the ring. So Punk Punk was not into it, and it it just led to bad matches. Ryback couldn't talk on the fucking mic and feed you know, me more. You know, it just, it was just really bad, and we had to sit through what like a couple months of that shit, and it was like, oh my god, like, would this just yep. be over already?
2: I I just so, uh, glanced at a list. Uh, Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez, definitely. Oh god, <laughs> what a what a pile of shit.
3: I, I I'll be perfectly honest. I was considering saying every Undertaker feud from when he turned face oh. in 1992 through Kane's debut. Because Undertaker with- versus Undertaker's
2: <laughs> on that list, too, and Undertaker Not versus either. Undertaker was bad also.
3: Well, yeah, I was going to say, again, like like uh, anything from Undertaker from when he turned face until Kane's debut, with a couple exceptions. Like the Jake feud was okay. The Yokozuna feud was okay. The Diesel feud was okay. And then anything with Mankind was fine. But like, yeah, like Kamala, Giant Gonzalez, Mabel, um, Mabel, Kama, King Kong, Bundy. <laughs> all... I still
1: love the fact that some wrestler called themselves Kama. Like a fucking...
2: Kind of, kind of a hey, hey, Giant, Gonza- Giant Gonzalez was not like... He wasn't like the most athletic person, and then they put him in that terrible costume, and it was just awful. Uh, like, he made
1: it, it look like he was hairy and ribbed. <laughs>
3: yeah. You <laughs> were trying to That's almost crazy. make it look as if he was like hey, half yeti. man, half Yeti.
2: Yeti. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, <was, laughs> it was
3: bad. Sorry, it was. I'm,
2: I'm <laughs> did the pronunciation. I know, yeah. I love it. it. Was, I love it. You they guys always was, do that. Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> I felt sorry for the Undertaker when he got stuck uh, with Giant Gonzalez. I just felt bad for him because that that had train wreck written all over it. I'm pretty uh, sure Frederick
3: has said that that's the one feud he'll never forgive him for. Is any any
2: any anything involving the Great colleague could also qualify on this list?
5: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: just about the Punk ride back. Um, I definitely see where you're coming from. I felt like at the time it made sense because. He, Ryback was getting a good crowd response and they were starting to book him as like, you know, the, the 21st century Goldberg. So I was, say, I was saying to myself... Is that what you want
2: to be booked as? <laughs>
3: <laughs> did Goldberg knock it over huge? Yes, yeah, he, did. he did. I mean, did, that's all I'm like... That's what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking talking about match quality or promo skills or anything like that. All he had to, for a period of time there for Ibeck, all he had to do was come out there and say, feed me more, hit guys with the same six or seven moves, and for whatever reason, the crowd was eating it up again as if it was brand new. Yeah, so when they put him against Punk, I seem to recall that some of the reasons for that was that Cena was a little dinged up, and I don't think they had any other really strong baby faces. So I think Vince took the attitude, um, let's strike while the iron's hot even though it's a little too soon. And hopefully Punk can get good matches out of him where it won't look like he's like, you know, limited or this, that, or the other thing. Problem was, like you said, because I don't think Punk ever wanted to do it, and he had said on that podcast that he didn't want any part of Ryback or (laughs) steroid guys called him. so I think Punk wasn't as willing to have a good match as he would have been with like if it was Cena or you know, insert name here. Basically, kind of so. <laughs> oh, uh, well, wow, again, because because he mm-hmm. he felt like Ryback was dangerous, and he was a little. I mean, Ryback was not the most careful guy in the world, obviously. So, um, and you know, because Punk says Ryback hurt him in the ring too. So, uh, you know, that's why I think ultimately it didn't work out. It was uh, Punk was resistant, and and Ryback was limited, and they just didn't they just didn't mesh in the ring, and. You know the funny thing, of course, is that uh, they still like to. Well, I know Ryback likes to take potshots of Punk to this day. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I don't know if Punk considers Ryback. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's that's. Hey, he, he, I got to admit, Ryback can be entertaining when I when I see some of his tweets. Sometimes when he starts attacking people, because half the time I'm like he's got a point, and the other half of the time I'm like, oh, just shut up, you're an idiot. <laughs> so it's kind of. Funny.
1: Yeah. All right, so that leads us into our stump.er I'm pretty sure we have a stump.er Right? Somebody's got the stump.er Somebody's got a question for us.
2: I said I would go. I can go pull out one of these wrestling cards I have.
1: All right, pull pull out something. A wrestling card. <laughs> Just
2: so you know,
1: I can your legs, like, please.
3: I kind of sorta have a stump.er too, but it's it's not great. What not. Pat? I said I kind of sorta have a stump.er too. It's not great. What I was originally hoping to come up with, I. Couldn't I couldn't find the answer very easily. Didn't have enough time to try to go through it and figure it out. So couldn't. I actually have a
0: golf one, so I want to save that one.
3: Well, the, what, what I what I was hoping to find out was, <laughs> um, like uh, what two guys had the most pay per view matches against each other all time. Oh, okay. Uh, WWF. Yeah, and I was going to restrict it to just WWF and WCW because, sorry, I wasn't also going through ECW and TNA and and AEW results and everything. But I couldn't find a quick, easy answer to that, so I pivoted to something else. I
2: mean, that's fine. Go ahead, Pat.
3: Okay. So, one iconic rivalry that we haven't talked about yet because I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler. I was saving it for my Mount Rushmore. Okay. Ric Flair versus Sting. Okay. So, how many pay-per-view matches oh, shit. did Ric Flair and Sting face each other? And I will quickly say, this includes non-one-on-one matches. So, okay. anytime that anytime they were opposing each other in some fashion.
2: Is Clash of the Champions con- considered in this? No,
3: this is just pay-per-views. Good, okay. good, good question. It's just pay-per-view matches.
1: Jesus. And I'm not a WCW guy by any freaking means. Oy. Well, I'm just going to throw a number out there. You're talking pay-per-views, Ric Flair, Sting. I'm going to say six different pay-per-view matches.
2: Okay. I'm going to say seven.
1: Okay. That was my first guess was seven.
2: My I first guess downward. was six, Jeremy. So we <laughs> flip-flopped it. We take each other's
1: answers. <laughs> joe's the only one i think that has a chance at this one a yeah, wcw guy
2: we're just flat out guessing at this point
1: his guess is as good as mine
3: in <laughs> contemplation right now as well i can tell
1: is he contemplating or is he constipated i'm not sure <laughs>
3: No, I took my metamucil today. I'm good. Oh, good. <laughs> well, if he, if he, I was gonna say, if he was the latter, I don't want to know about
1: it. Get <laughs> <laughs> extra fiber. Uh, you get old.
0: <laughs> man, this is this. Uh, I'm trying to remember all the times they wrestled each other
3: in pay per views.
1: I mean, they were just part of WCW for so long. I mean, it's still, a good.
3: It's a good it question, for, Pat. It's
2: a good question.
3: Yeah, because I mean, that was it too. It was like I had a you know and the reason I kind of probably picked them what I couldn't come up with my original wish if you will was I couldn't really think of two other guys who were in the same company for so many years at the same time I mean maybe I guess maybe Undertaker and Michaels would have been or some variation with Undertaker Michaels and Bret Hart but you know they I also felt like that they restricted those guys from interacting with each other on pay-per-views for the most part so
2: yeah Bretton Sean really didn't fight that many times at pay-per-views.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's like what, what three, it? three What's or four. Three, yeah. yeah.
2: Three, the one I saw, the Iron Man match, and then the screw job. I think that might be it. I mean, tag team, if you go Rockers, Heart Foundation, then there's more. So, but.
3: But I don't know if they ever faced each other on a pay-per-view.
2: So, oh, yeah, you're right.
3: By the time the Rockers came into WWF, if the Heart Foundation had turned face. So. I think I'm G I nine or ten.
1: Nine or ten. G I Joe G. has G. nine G. or ten.
3: Ten. Ten. Okay. Now I freely admit, when I was going through to compile this list, I was expecting to find like a double-digit number. I definitely was.
0: <laughs> it's probably but not. The,
3: but the answer was only seven. Oh, I was off by one. I was so close. <laughs> Thank you Jeremy. Thank, get, you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy, for here. taking
2: six because I took seven. <laughs> That's my,
3: also my favorite
2: yeah, number, So 789.
3: <laughs> uh, so, so, Starcade 1989, which is when they did that, like, kind of, like, tournament thing where it was, like, Flair, Sting, Lex Luger, yeah. and the Great Lethal Moodle.
2: Lottery? The Lethal Lottery thing?
3: No, it wasn't really the Lethal Lottery. No, 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 was... that's
2: right. It was, like, a round-robin thing because they did it with tag teams, too. Yeah.
3: So, there was that. Great American Bash 1990, which is when Sting won the WCW title for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh Star K 1990 which of course deserves a slight asterisk because the official match was Sting versus the Black Scorpion but the Black Scorpion <laughs> turned out to be Flair. And yeah, I mean Flair. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that that was on that really terrible feud list also. Uh
3: well, yeah, again, you know what the story behind that was? Ole Anderson just, like, put that on, like, a sheet and showed it to Jim Hurd, and Jim Hurd said okay, because Ole was tired of Jim Hurd turning shit down. So Ole didn't know what the Black Scorpion was going to be or where it was going to go. <laughs> he Just wrote down, Hurd said okay, and now was like, ah, oh, fuck, now i got to figure this shit out. <laughs> right, anyway, uh, Wrestle War 1991, which was a War Games match. It was uh, Sting, Pillman, and the Steiners against... Uh, Flair, Wyndham, Sid, and Larry Zabisco. That's the
2: infamous gone. when Sid bounced Pillman off the top of the cage. <laughs> that was the Sid almost
3: killed Pillman match. Uh,
1: <laughs> then he almost killed himself uh, jumping off the ropes.
3: Yeah, uh, that was many years later. But anyway, yes. uh, World, World War Three World War III, 1995, which was like yeah. right after you know Flair had turned on Sting and the uh, the Halloween Havoc tag match uh Starcade 95 it was a triple threat match that also involved lex luger where i think it was the winner got the title shot which i believe flair won because i think flair then beat savage and then the last one spring stampede 1999 it was a four corners match where flair came in the champion and sting hogan and ddp were the challengers mm-hmm. randy savage was the special referee and that's where ddp finally won the wcw title to great fanfare from the fans in attendance who were happy to see the guy who had been the only one to consistently stand up to the NWO, finally win the title, and then they promptly turned him heel. WCW <laughs> <laughs> in 1999, folks.
5: So seven yeah, times.
3: Seven times, and like I said, I was honestly surprised it was only seven times. I just figured I think had to
5: be... I think-
2: I, I, I can pretty much guarantee you if you throw
3: the clashes in there, you get to double digits. You could very well. I did not look at the clashes, but, yeah, there's there's a very good possibility.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, I mean, they fought at the first one, right? They fought for- so.
1: All right. So, gentlemen, do you have anything to add to our wonderful talk about great feuds or terrible feuds?
2: <laughs> I, the, the list I looked at had Triple H versus Scott Steiner as the worst feud of all time.
1: I don't even know that one, so that must have been bad. <laughs>
2: uh, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure they fought at the Royal Rumble when I went in 2001.
3: It was it was, uh, it was 2003. It was like right after Steiner. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When I that's when
2: I lived in New Hampshire. So yeah, 2003. I was at that yeah. Royal Rumble.
3: It was right after Steiner re-debuted in, in uh, WWE in late 2002. That they match brought was him a pile as, of shit. They, they brought him in as a <laughs> face. Horrible. They wrestled each other at the at the 2003 Royal Rumble. They had a match which can only be described as terrible. Yeah. Especially when they especially when that was followed with an excellent Chris Benoit Kurt Angle match. Uh, but then what did they decide to do after having a terrible match at the Royal Rumble? Have another, one. another terrible match and no way out the following <laughs> month. And you know, it it was bad. Supposedly the word now is that Steiner was suffering from some injuries, which hadn't fully cleared up. So it was like, then, 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 why, then, then why, why did you do it? So and this is, yeah.
1: this is the incarnation of Scott Steiner as
3: Oh, Big this Papa is Big Dump. Papa. This, this is Big Papa Dump. This is this is uh, this is Big Papa Roy, Scott Steiner.
2: <laughs> not not the mathematician yet, but I'll tell you what, Scott Steiner
1: like he may not admit. I hope he would admit to taking roids because there's I don't see any other way that he got. <laughs> his arms look like fucking weird. Like, if you ever seen him, like, when he flexes, like, his bicep is, like, the size of a fucking, like, apple, like, on top of his arm. It's so fucking weird looking. I'm like, Jesus, dude.
3: Well, I remember... Um... When he first, like, appeared in TNA in, like, the mid-2000s, and we like this is, like, when we still kind of watched TNA at AJ's house from time to time, when he still lived out here in PA. I remember, like, the first time I saw him on TNA, and it was this must have been a year or two since he had last appeared on WWE, I remember, like, his his, his chest looked weird. And I said, yeah, his, his chest looked like... Lo- yeah, in. His, caved in. His, his, yeah, his chest looked caved in. And I was just like, that just can't... Be right, like anatomically, like something's <laughs> going on
1: anatomically.
3: Like, did he ha- did he have like his ribs separated, or I mean, is is there some kind of huge metal plate in there now? I it's, it, it just always looked disturbing. disturbing,
1: and it was accented by that sweet tattoo that he has too. <laughs> that sweet tattoo in the middle of his chest. It's like there's no way to miss like this weird chest problem that he has with his. Yeah, he's
2: his weird tattoo. And as much as I like Lesnar, I don't like Lesnar's tattoo that's on his
3: chest either. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, no, no, that doesn't bring your attention right to it.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So then that leads us into our favorite moment of the night. Well, at least my favorite
2: moment of the night. Rushmore. And Pat Pat, Pat already kind of gave his
1: answer. So it did. He kind of gave it away. But that's okay. He can elaborate a little bit more. Not. Too much more, but a no, little I'll try, I'll, bit I'll more.
0: To give you two minutes and five <laughs> seconds now.
2: I was just gonna say you can let him go first because he kind of like <laughs> let the cat out of the bag. So we are no, of... favorite yeah, feud. Favorite <laughs> feud. Yes, we are going
1: I, I to was... Go ahead. Give me one no, second. Let say, me finish Let Jeremy finish. <laughs> Let's all talk at the same time. We'll never know what you'll ever understand the fucking thing we're saying.
3: Uh, hey, it'll, it'll be like we're on Campbell News.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. my God. All right. So, yeah, we are talking our favorite feud of all time. That's what's going to be on Mount Rushmore. And since Pat Darth Pat did allude to his a little bit, we'll let him kick it off. So, Darth Pat, kick it off. Remind us of your favorite feud.
3: Well, real quickly, I just want to say I did consider this afternoon when I was thinking about this, picking WWF versus WCW. But then I just said, you know what, that's really kind of a cop-out in a lot of ways. So, I mean, the Monday Night War is one thing, but there were so many components and factors to that that to just boil it down to WWF versus WCW doesn't really tell you enough. So so I decided to go with Ric Flair versus Sting uh, because – Another thing that I think always makes a great feud is the ability to have the two guys feud then have them go their separate ways. And then, you know, six months, a year, two years, five years, you can have them feud with each other again and you can have it feel fresh but familiar at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Flair has a lot of feuds like that. Dusty, Sting, Hogan, Savage, you know. But to me, uh, yeah, Roddy Piper, um, but to me, uh, Sting, Flair is the most enduring of those for a few reasons. The Clash of the Champions match, which, you know, made Sting, is definitely one of them. Um, the fact that, you know, Sting became a horseman, then got kicked out of the horseman. The fact that Sting won his first world title from Flair, you know, that's, and that's kind of Flair's way of basically saying, you know, hey, he's the guy, he can run with it, he can, he can handle it and everything. But the other part, too, is, is a little sentimental because I didn't watch every episode of Nitro from beginning to end when it was first on, because I had periods where I just lost my interest in wrestling, but I watched the first Nitro live and I watched the last Nitro live and Sting and Flair wrestled each other on both of those shows. And to me, that's kind of like the perfect metaphor for WCW in a way that Sting and Flair, the two guys, I think, are always most synonymous with WCW as an organization. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like the fact that they wrestled on the first show, the fact that they wrestled on the last show, just something makes sense about that. And, yeah, you know, the sentimental part of me, um, you know, really appreciates that. So to me, Sting, Flair, great feud. Maybe they didn't always put on, like, the absolute best matches, but they put on a lot of really good matches and they always worked really well against each other. So,
1: mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Theo, kicking it over to you, son. <laughs>
0: uh, um, I'm going with Punk Cena. Punk Cena, Both my guy. Wow. Um, I like the feud. Uh, kind of. Cena kind of helped Punk, and Punk kind of helped Cena at the same time in that feud. To me, um, you know, Cena put Punk over. Especially at a time when people like to trash on Cena for not putting the younger guys over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did it with Punk for whatever reason. They have mutual respect for each other, which is good. But at the same time, I just like the feud in general. I think we got the pipe bomb out of that as well uh, with that feud. But the matches were good. They're always good. Um, the Especially the, the couple...
2: one on Raw. Especially the one on Raw. That's still my yeah. favorite Punk Cena match. So. Oh my God, know, did he just pile drive him? <laughs> did he just get fined? Did they just get fined for pile driving? Yes, they did.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the matches, you know, the Raw match, and then, you know, the match where he wins the title and hops on the, uh, you know, in Chicago and hops on the, you know, that the barrier thing and, like, runs away with, you know, takes the title and lose a kiss goodbye. It was great. And just everything, you know, from the start to the finish, you know, the matches they had on, on you know, Raw and. No, nah, it was just really good. It was a really good back and forth. And I, I've never really hated Cena. I just it, I just got to a point where Cena was like, you know, it's like a reincarnation of Hogan per se. Like, he's just a Superman. You yeah. can never lose a goddamn match. It just drove me crazy.
1: Yeah, the superhero but, yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, and you all know, Punk's one of my top favorite guys of all time. So, yeah. and, you know, he's one of those guys who, of course, also was on the indie circuit for a long time. So it was, you know, that's kind of a, a bonus. You know, for I, me to see him go from there to, you know, to that
2: point. I, th- I think that Punk was the first person that Cena feuded with where he was like, in some the light bulb went off and he's like, okay. And th- this was just the start of it, you know, years later. Li- he was that first person that I think Cena feuded with where Cena's like, all right, I need to change some of what yeah. I'm doing. I can't keep doing the five moves of doom anymore. I've got to change my repertoire and he's he started doing the whatever the famous are off the ropes. Like he started incorporating. then when he fought Cesaro and Owens, he like, it went up and up. But I think Punk was the first person that Cena feuded with where he's like, okay, I got to change some of what I'm doing to to be relevant. So I think Punk, I think you're right. I think they both did help each other and they both benefited from that feud. I think you'd be there. That's one of the feuds like all time. If you were going to say what feud benefited both people, that would be one of those top five all time feuds where both people benefited from it ultimately.
3: Yeah, I, 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 I would, like what you were saying. Like it made Cena better because I think that was really at the point where people were really at the height of their getting sick of yeah uh, winning all the Super time. Like, Gina. well, what was like the what was like that one meme that was always going around to that says like "lol Cena wins," something like that, because it's yeah. like you know like he might be down for a minute or two, but then he still end up winning like every match and. Um, you know, maybe he didn't always have the best opponents in some of those years, but he did feed, have some of his feuds with Orton in there and, and edge. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think Punk both made Cena realize he had to step it up a notch himself and that, you know, he did have to, you know, take his losses like everybody else at times too. But, uh, yeah, again, I really think it just, it just helped, you know, elevate Cena's game. So,
1: yeah, Absolutely. All right, kicking it over to you, AJ.
2: I'm going last tonight. Joe was Joe was half right when he he said he threw out one name that I'm going to use in my my NXT feud that I'm picking. So uh, I am going to take Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. Um, those three guys probably had the best three match set I've ever seen, ever, and it happened by accident. That's that's the thing about this that makes this more special to me is it, Ciampa got hurt. So Ciampa had the belt. He got hurt. So Adam Cole was the next best guy. So we're going to throw him in this and we're going to see what happens. And then they have a five-star match at the TakeOver in New York before WrestleMania. Then they have a five-star match a month, two months later. And then they have a four-and-a-half-star match two months after that. So three TakeOvers in a row, these guys tore the house down. I... And in my opinion, I think Cole's the best wrestler in the world right now, and I think Gargano's in the top five. So everybody talked about Gargano and Ciampa being this great feud, and then Cole and Gargano actually topped that feud. And, and, and I, I was a Ciampa Gargano, like, oh, my God, this feud is amazing. And then these guys went out and actually had better matches <laughs> than the other two guys did. And I, like I said, I'm fans of both of these guys. And granted, it was over the short time because this is the era where we fight three times in six months and the feud's over. So it's do I think they could feud on the main roster if they ever end up there? Yes. I think it's definitely something to revisit. So mm-hmm. but the and, and two of the matches were two out of three falls matches. So to do two out of three, to do two of those two out of three falls matches and get five stars. One of them was like you know a normal match, and then the other one the stipulation changed each fall. But they just, I mean, I, I watch NXT, I love NXT, and I think these are the two best guys in NXT. I think they're almost like the Bret and Shawn of NXT because they're just on a level above everybody else. No offense to anybody else in NXT, but I think these two guys. I think they're gonna get brought up to the main roster and probably wasted. There's a very good chance of it. So there's a boatloads of talent, especially now that Gargano's turned heel and it's like a whole new thing has opened up with him where he was even he wasn't even good as a face. Like his character was mediocre, he was terrible on the mic as a face. Now he's a heel, and this is the best Johnny Gargano I've ever seen. Ever. <laughs> and these are two other guys. Joe was alluding to Indie Darlings. These are two indie darlings who've who've made it <laughs> so
1: all right so i am going to go back a couple years uh to when i probably enjoyed wrestling the most and that is and i'm sure aj's gonna probably already know this you guys probably i know, already know this. i already know but it's gonna be the rock and stone cold <laughs> like that was <laughs> when i was really heavy into wrestling that was my favorite feud of all time and you got to see it go back and forth back and forth for years you know it wasn't constant they all they weren't it wasn't like rock and uh stone cold three years straight you know they all they did is fight each other no there was breaks in between but then they go back there would be different reasons why they were fighting you know but the the story was always good it was always played out well those two could really feed off of each other. They both were really good on the mic. I mean, there was nothing. I can't remember a stinker match. I can't remember a bad promo. I can't remember a bad reason why they were fighting. Uh, nothing didn't at that point in time, everything made sense and why they were going back to Cena um, you know, it was all good. And you had so many different things that played into it because Vincent Mann was still in the picture hugely at that point in time. So, and we talked about this. So that's why I'm not going to go crazy with, you know, this thing, this thing, this thing. But for me, it was just. Um, because I was a stone cold guy. I still am a stone cold guy and I enjoyed his podcast when he was doing that. And I've gone on the network and watched his, you know, his, uh, the stone cold, whatever they call it. I think is the stone the cold. broken
2: skull sessions.
1: Yeah. The broken skull sessions. So I, I've seen those. I enjoy those. Um, it's a little watered down from his podcast because he could be more open on his podcast because it wasn't a WWE yeah. thing, but you know, it's just that was just it was money. There was nothing that they could do wrong with those two, and put in, when you put them together, they they were just money all the time. Yeah, you're 100% it's, right. <laughs> it was crazy. So that was that's my feud of all time.
2: I didn't mean to allude okay. to that so much earlier. I it's, thought you were going to take the nation versus DX. So uh,
1: I was thinking about it, but when I really thought about it, I was like, it's, it's gotta be rock stone cold and it's okay. I don't mind that we talked about it earlier. Cause it's, it was just a great feud overall. It was, it was, you know, just one of those uh, things that's timeless. Uh,
2: all the, you know, all the ones you guys said were all in the top 10 of ones. I saw, I just figured the, the, the most recent one I saw on any list was yeah. Daniel Bryan versus The Authority. There was nothing after that on the list, so none of this wow. NXT stuff, none of that stuff was even on any of those lists, and some of this stuff deserves to be on there. Like I said, it's hard to compare a six-month feud to a 10-year feud. It's really hard, but wrestling has changed. Yes. So it's yeah. it's 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 just it's very different. And Joe's at least seen the Cole Gargano matches, and he knows they're legit. So, like, they're... I know Pat doesn't like NXT, and it's harder, but... Those two I guys
3: it's not that I don't like NXT, it's just that I just don't watch it.
1: Yeah, I didn't see those. I've seen the Chompa Gargano matches, but I didn't see any of the Cole Gargano matches. So but alright, so just to recap our Mount Rushmore of favorite feuds, we have Ric Flair versus Sting, we have CM Punk versus Cena, we have Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, and The Rock versus Stone Cold. Those are some pretty damn good feuds. So if anybody Indeed. has a chance, go back. If you have the network, go back watch those. If you have YouTube, find them on YouTube, watch them. Watch some matches between those guys in their in their, you know, during those feuds. They're 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 just they're money matches. Almost every one of those is money matches. I have to actually go back and watch Cole and Gargano so I can uh, see what everybody else has seen. So
2: Adam Cole, uh, baby. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Adam Colby. That still gets the crowd hyped. There's nothing that gets... I, I can't think of thing that gets the crowd Everybody wants to say that when he says it.
3: Look, before we uh, before we run out here, um, just to kind of throw this in there, you know what feud I just realized nobody made mention of at all tonight? Hogan Piper. Uh,
5: yeah. I mean, but, but think
3: about I it. Down. i did written it down. It's one that They did in WWF in the 80s and was like the feud that literally led to WrestleMania one. Then they did it again in WCW in the 90s, but with the roles reversed, you know, it's like I never forget when Piper came out at the end of Halloween Havoc 96, you know, for that promo, program beat Savage. And he's like,
5: you think they would have cheered for you so much if they didn't hate me so much?
3: And I mean, then they, we, And then they did it again when they were both in WWE in 2003. I mean, obviously, it wasn't really any good at that point, but it's just that they kept, you know, it was something that they knew people would. I mean,
2: it. we didn't mention the fabulousness that was Warrior Hogan in WCW, so. Oh, well, a, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll leave that one alone. I know, I'm being sarcastic.
3: When <laughs> we're, a... like, well, we're talking about best of feuds, worst of feuds, for best of. Feuds, that, <laughs> Hogan, Warrior, WWF.
2: (laughs) All right. So we're going to call it a night. We could do Pat versus Joe on that one. Hogan versus Warrior.
3: (laughs) He got got taken out before the match even started.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. So that does I'm lead sorry, us to the. I'm
3: sorry for the huge in- joke I, there. That's okay. Uh, I was
2: just trying to make you guys laugh.
1: <laughs> all right. So that does lead us to the end of our show. We want to thank everybody for watching once again. We love doing this. We have a lot of fun doing it, and we hope you have a lot of fun listening to us banter back and forth and and just share some of our great memories from wrestling uh, and that because we do enjoy it. Um. Tune in next time where we talk about who the hell knows what we could be on a live session, who knows where we're going to be when this actually airs. But um, tune into the next time because it'll be a lot of fun. We hope you do. Um, and until that next episode, well, enjoy yourself and we'll see you on the next episode.